Welcome to The Forecast. I'm your host, Carly Harmson. As a licensed master esthetician with nearly two decades of experience, I feel confident to meet you here every week to educate about the latest trends and must-have products, as well as to decode the science and demystify the overwhelming world of skincare. Whether you're a wide-eyed, curious beginner or you're a veteran skincare pro, this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite face mask and discover with me someone who's not only a skincare guru, but also a card-carrying member of Skincare Obsessed, just like you. Get ready for this episode of The Podcast, starting now. Hi, welcome back. A big thank you to all of you who have tuned in, supported, and reviewed the podcast. It launched at the beginning of February, and we've got quite a bit of traction, so we will keep on keeping on. I know that in a sea of media, to have your time every week is priceless, and I am so grateful. Thank you so much for being here. And if you haven't had a chance yet to leave a review for the podcast on your favorite platform, I would be so grateful if you can just pop over quickly and do that for me. I know every podcaster says it, but it really does make all the difference. All right, on with the show. It's a very special day tomorrow. Uh, Do you know what tomorrow is? It's leap year, and leap year only happens every four years. Let's celebrate that February 29th. We get that extra day in the year. I actually have an old childhood girlfriend who was born on leap year. So technically speaking, by birthdays, she is 40 years old today, tomorrow. So happy birthday, Amy, on the off chance that you are listening. Speaking of 10-year-olds, let's talk about the drunk elephant in the room, and that is Sephora kids. Just in case you haven't heard the term, this is talking about all of the 9, 10, 11-year-olds that are hanging out in Sephora and Ulta, and for many adults, seemingly are annoying and frustrating (laughs) adults to have these children infiltrate their beauty space. So this episode will be a little different than my normally information-based episodes. I know there's already been a lot of commentary on the subject, but I did want to throw my two cents in, so I hope you'll continue the conversation with me. While you can find discussion around Sephora kids and lack of third places, or millennial parenting, or lack thereof, I will not be adding to that conversation in those ways. Today, I would like to speak specifically to the problems with teens and tweens using skincare actives and why, generally speaking, it's just not a good idea. And I will probably share some sentiments that surprise you too. And just to make myself seem extra ancient, I did walk to school barefoot, in the snow, uphill, both ways. No, really, when I was that age, you'd find me with a full unibrow intact. This was before the Great Tweez of 1999. There I was, stilling my sister's soft lips, brand chapstick, which every teenager was after, and both of us were bathing in a sea of sea breeze. If you know, you know. And that was about the extent of our skincare journey as teens. As we matured, we did mature into clear cell, cleanser, and oxy pads. Proactive hit the scene when I was a teenager, 
but there's no way I was going to spend my hard-earned babysitting money on skincare. Oh, and also the fact that I didn't need an acne system because I didn't even have acne. Although back in those days, we all treated our skin like we did. Eventually, I discover the prestigious Clinique three-step skincare system, but I was never purchasing that on my own. My mother's signature fragrance at the time was Clinique Happy. So sometimes I'd ransack her little gift with purchases and I would get my hands on that buttery yellow moisturizer and just thought I was something. So how did we get here a couple of decades later? How could we know as millennials that our children or our younger siblings were going to rise into adulthood so much more quickly than we did? Of course, technology can be to blame. Suddenly, the entire world is an oyster, and as an elder millennial myself, we straddled the old world and the new world, so we didn't have to come up with the blessing and the curse of mainstream online life and social media. Remember with the rise of TikTok, seeing tweens and teens who were so much more beautiful, composed, confident than we were at that age. While they danced to a perfectly choreographed viral TikTok song with perfectly styled hair, straight white teeth, in respectable fashion, I know, speaking as a millennial, and I, I think I can say this on behalf as many of many millennials and Gen X, we all felt personally attacked as we know that there is an incriminating home video from our dad's camcorder. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's a recording, a video recording device. There might be some of you that are unfamiliar with a camcorder, but we have that evidence lying somewhere in our parents' attic, which is showing us dancing awkwardly to Backstreet Boys with our braces on and our ratty, mousy brown hair and our really unfortunate fashion choices. Uh, by the way, shout out to my awkward teen bestie, Joni. <laughs> There's definitely some videos of us uh, that are exactly like that. Those of us born before 1998 know what I'm talking about. So this realization that the subsequent generations are growing up so much more quickly and elegantly than we did, but, but why? Again, technology seems to be the easy answer here, but I have pondered if there is something more. And I did a little research, and yes, I said that this was mostly going to be opinion and commentary, but there, there's some, there's some science-based facts. So it turns out there might be more. Adjacent to skincare, because it can play such a role in our appearances, are hormones. So hormones affect really lots of things, including our beauty and the rate at which we mature. So there are some scientists that believe that Gen Z and definitely Gen A are spending more time indoors than ever. And because of that, which by the way is largely driven by the use of technology, because of that, it's thought to affect circadian rhythms and specifically reduce natural melatonin production, which can set into motion an earlier puberty. Additionally, there's some experts out there saying that modern living, including pollution, increased xenoestrogen, exposure from plastic or microplastics, and maybe even certain food production like dairy or meat products are triggering an earlier puberty. 
In fact, the age of menage, which is the age that girls begin menstruating, thus making them able to reproduce, is becoming a lower and lower age. According to the CDC, the average age of menage is 11.9, last measured in 2017, from 12.1 in 1995. While that doesn't seem like a massive change in points, it does make a difference. Anecdotally, I've heard a lot of stories of school teachers and uh, parents uh, that have their daughters that are beginning to menstruate, they're starting puberty earlier than they expected based on their life experience. So take that or leave that. So can we blame these young girls for maturing more quickly? From the rise of the technology era to ever-changing climate to social and cultural considerations, it's not necessarily their fault. A lot of people like to say they're, they're entitled or bratty children, but there's so much more going on here. They are just going to look naturally better and older and more cool lip-syncing to Britney Spears than I ever could have because physiologically, they are just slightly older. So back to tweens and skincare. What was the disaster of a glow recipe? See what I did there? (laughs) That found us here. Suddenly, 9, 10, 11-year-olds are storming Sephora. There's a lot of commentary which I'm not going to dive into surrounding third places. You know, when I was growing up, we had the mall or the skating rink. These kids don't have as many options and really because they're not as welcome to a lot of those same places that we really thrived in when we were that age. Of course, there's other factors like the fact that Sephora and Ulta have product testers just out for the taking, which means that 10-year-olds can't that can't afford that skincare can at least go and play and discover. So that's definitely an attractant. Let's talk about the brands that are possibly intentionally or unintentionally appealing to these kids. Weirdly, as I've been ruminating on this topic and jotting my notes and and thoughts down, a non-beauty podcast that I love called How I Built This with Guy Raz recently launched an episode with the founder of Drunk Elephant, And Guy even mentions in that episode or that opener how even tweens are buying into the brand on a significant level. I wished that they had addressed this in the episode. Spoiler alert, they don't. But I did learn a little bit more about the behind the brand of Drunk Elephant and why it maybe makes sense that these kids are drawn to those products. Now, before I go into this, just a disclaimer, this is completely my opinion. I did not intend for this to be a takedown of a brand, but, you know, this this interview that I heard was really relevant to the thoughts that I was having at the time. So I'm going to share what I learned. First, the founder of this brand did everything wrong from a skincare branding perspective, She created a colorful brand, which at the time was really novel. According to her, she was inspired by confetti, you know, kid colors. This is in stark contrast to the skincare brands of the time, which were mostly like neutral branding, black and white, minimalist, even clinical appearing, not bright, colorful, and fun. Second, the main tenet of this brand is to be free of certain ingredients that according to her philosophy her skincare philosophy, are responsible for a lot of the skin issues that people experience. She calls them the suspicious six. If you've heard of this massive brand, then you've definitely heard this. 
So from a parental standpoint, they are likely thinking, oh, this is fine for my kids growing skin. It's going to be free of all the things that might hurt the skin. And truthfully, some products probably are. Now, I have a theory, uh, just as a side note, about why I think Drunk Elephant has become viral for tweens. Oh, and before I share that, let me tell you that Gen Z is dropping Drunk Elephant like a bag of peanuts (laughs) because the kids are using it and it's now labeled as cringe. Uh, Thank you, Gen Z, so much for your service. We can always count on you to keep us in check. (laughs) So my theory is that because every single product has a different color of packaging, for kids, this could tap in beyond buying skincare products that they think they want or need. There's something that's happening probably with the brain there. It's very intriguing and stimulating, but also it now becomes more of a collectible item. And these collectibles, as some of you might remember growing up, I collected Beanie Babies and then I collected Doc Martens. These collectibles can signal status. In a phase of life where these young people are trying to just find out how they fit into the world. So from a collectible standpoint, this is a more advanced, mature, maybe more expensive version of of my Beanie Baby collection. Now, I'm not a betting woman, but if I were, I would bet the majority of these tweens that are flexing their drunk elephant and glow recipe and skincare shelfies are not actually using all of those products and are not consistently using those products. A skincare routine just takes a lot of self-discipline, and I just think their their young brains can't handle that. Listen, I can find it difficult even at my age. And another thing to think about, too, is when they go and buy these trending viral products, they're probably left pretty disappointed because Drunk Elephant doesn't, like, smell good. There's no, there's no fragrance <laughs> in the products, so it probably just smells like the skincare ingredients which usually aren't great. So I'm sure it's a huge disappointment to these youngsters whose developing brains are seeking those multi-sensory experiences and stimulation. So I went ahead and researched to see if I could find any deliberate marketing from Drunk Elephant, you know, like Joe Camel from Big Tobacco Days, getting the kids hooked. I couldn't find too much, but besides the colorful packaging, they do have mini gift sets called The Littles, and mama and cub. And this could appear to the average consumer as a way to get their the young safely started early with affordable entry points into the brand or into skincare. While I couldn't find any targeted marketing to the tweens and teens, with the recent heated debates surrounding advanced skincare for kids coming to head just before Christmas 2023, The CCO and founder took to Instagram to say that most of her products are age-appropriate and just casually advised to steer from retinol and acids. Looking to some social media marketing in the past, it does appear there have been posts that say something to the effect of, it's never too early to take care of your skin. It's unclear what efforts have been made to corner this almost non-existent market, but I can say Drunk Elephant is not the epitome of upstanding and ethical skincare brands, in my opinion. With a quick search online or even sound bites from the founder herself, you will find the brand has had a rocky pass. Tiffany Masterson founded Drunk Elephant in 2013 and only six short years later sold the brand to Shiseido for an astounding 
Are you ready for this? $85 million deal. She remained at the head of the company, and she's still there even today. But prior to launching Drunk Elephant, she was a driver behind an expensive premium facial bar that was touted as a single solution skincare product. At $120 a bar, and I'm talking like a bar of soap, with a $19 cost per bar, she was the ultimate saleswoman and she was moving those units. The bars did receive some national media recognition and accolades thanks to her aggressive, the owner's aggressive hounding of beauty editors, but she quickly found that many people were having really serious allergic reactions, like severe reactions that they were going to the hospital for. And with somewhere in the ballpark of 100,000 of these bars remaining, she knowingly continued to shill them to save her ass financially. Woof. Years later into her new established brand, controversy strikes again with the launch of their Drunk Elephant Retinol product sometime in, I want to say 2018 or 2019. And what ended up happening was they got feedback that many people were experiencing a myriad of negative reactions. And the brand as a whole was just not taking any accountability for it. They'd simply respond to the negative online reviews with user error, or it's because you have used it with something other than Drunk Elephant. Yikes. Drunk Elephant was intended to be an adult brand and now is being retrofitted to capitalize on the tween skincare phenomenon. And with profits over people mentality, I just don't know about this. So can our little sisters, nieces, granddaughters, and daughters, nearly ageless angel skin be trusted in this brand's hands? I think not. Now, not nearly as viral and popular to the tweens as Drunk Elephant, the second runner-up in popularity is Glow Recipe, but it's not nearly as controversial. It's fruity-themed, smelling skincare that has really appealed to the Gen Alphers, and I'm not surprised by that. Possibly taking a page from Drunk Elephant Book, they do have a starter set named Fruit Babies, which, again, could appear to any consumer to be a skincare collection for young people to get them started. But even with their delectable assortment of juicy aromas, this brand does feature formulas with actives like acids, vitamin C, niacinamide, and retinol. Now, I wasn't able to find as much information on the brand. I do know it's a Korean beauty brand or K-beauty brand, but it certainly is a lot less controversial than Drunk Elephant. So why do I care? Why should you care? Why is this concerning as a veteran skincare pro? Let's unpack it. Most importantly, a 10-year-old skin is vastly different physiologically from even a 15-year-old skin. The barrier function is fully intact in most 10-year-olds that have been studied, particularly on the face and cheeks, which means that the skin is effectively holding in moisture, which is that main foundation or pillar of healthy skin. It is estimated that children's skin is 10 to 30% thinner and it is much less active melanocytes as the skin hasn't yet had the same exposure that activates the skin pigment. Because of some of these distinct difference of children's skin versus even pubescent teens and beyond, it's a known fact that kids prepubescent just have more sensitive skin. Corneocytes, which are 
outer skin cells were also studied in a small study that's out of Sweden that indicated the skin cell turnover was much more rapid with skin cells cycling as little as every 10 to 14 days. With most adults coming in at 28 to 40 days for a skin cell cycle, this is notable. I'd like to to share a quote with you from the scientists on that study. They say, We conclude that until puberty, most functional characteristics of the skin of children remain distinct from those of adults. End quote. Ironically, the study that founded the smaller corneocytes and the barrier function of children was funded and done by none other than Shiseido, the parent company of Drunk Elephant. Go figure. With this information alone, this should be enough for us to say absolutely no actives or aggressive exfoliants for these delicate skins. As an industry and as a society, we have a responsibility an ethical responsibility to care for our children and set them up for a healthy, successful adult life. This could include teaching them proper hygiene practices, which may include a light skincare routine, but it definitely does not need to include expensive, active skincare meant for adult skin. With ingredients like retinol significantly speeding up cell renewal and hydroxy acids that are thinning out the top layers of the skin, This is only going to impact the barrier function of the skin negatively, but may also make the skin more photosensitive, which can result in premature aging down the line for these young people. Even in adults, we're seeing a mass increase in barrier dysfunction due to over-processing the skin with ingredients like acids and retinol. So we can only imagine the type of damage this is doing to that young, delicate skin. If you want to learn more about the barrier function of the skin, please check out my two-part episode uh, a few episodes back, I think around five and six. The concept of anti-aging really shouldn't exist for tweens because there's nothing yet to combat or be anti to. We can really start to approach that in late teens and early adulthood as there's functions within the skin we need to combat at that time, like increased free radical activity, reduced natural moisturizing factors, and a decline in collagen production as we age. Aside from these treatments being just totally unnecessary for young skin, they can cause damage. In skincare, my philosophy and approach always includes using the right tool for the job, but also assessing risk versus reward. It is my opinion that in tween and even teen skincare, using superactives like retinol, strong hydroxy acids, are going to cause more harm than good ultimately. So let's get into some fun stuff, shall we? What should tweens and young teens be using for skincare? Really, we start with the foundational basics, or what I sometimes like to call the bookends. This could include a skin-safe pH balance cleanser, which can be any texture, gel, cream, foam. It could include a toner, although that's not totally necessary, but If there is one included, it needs to be a hydrating toner, not an exfoliating one. And then a moisturizer to seal in the natural hydration, the natural moisturizing factors already present in the skin. It may be advantageous to have a moisturizer with an SPF built in for the daytime and then a separate moisturizer for night. These don't have to be expensive products. In my experience, teens and especially tweens do not have the self-discipline to sit down and do a skincare routine 
morning and night, every single day. So as a parent, it might be wise first to begin with something more affordable, maybe even drugstore products, until your teen or tween proves that they can be consistent with a routine and comply before you invest in premium or professional skincare. And that's just about it. That's really what I would focus on. You may find that incorporating a special mask or spot treatment or a zit sticker for teens that have specific needs to be targeted like acne or maybe some special face cleansing wipes to use immediately after their sports. That's better than nothing. But really, you just need to start with those foundational basics with, of course, the most important step being sun protection. It's a commonly known fact that most of the aging we see in our skin in our lifetime, the damage is actually done before the age of 18, and it just shows up decades later. So I want to be clear that I do think there are a few products that we should start with our kids as soon as possible, with the main one being daily sun protection. If you're really interested in skincare, either personally as a teen or you've got a teen interested in skincare, my first suggestion is always to go and consult with a skincare professional with an esthetician that can make a customized treatment plan for you. And if treatment services are not in the budget, many estheticians will do just a skincare consultation where they can make product recommendations for the teen that are specific to that teen, their lifestyle, their skin type, and more. And that's a little workaround so that you don't feel like you have to do a treatment. Estheticians are going to want to and try to sell you their skincare. And it's not because they're trying to be used car salesmen. They want to recommend that because they know the products. They've been educated in the products or trained in them. They love them. They use them. They believe in them. So please give our estheticians a little grace. They want to make those recommendations to you. But if it's just out of the budget, let them know this is for a teen. We're looking for something a little more affordable. Maybe you have some drugstore recommendations we can start with. And if the teen is being compliant with that routine, then look into maybe upgrading to a premium or professional skincare routine. I don't know any esthetician that would not be okay with that. So please seek them out. They're out there. All right, we are winding down, but I would just like to briefly speak to the behavior that has been captured and, and circulated online of teens and tweens in places like Sephora and Ulta. I know that it can feel very annoying to have these young girls, mostly, circling the tester units like vultures on a carcass, making their skin smoothies, being messy. But it's our job as adults and parents and professionals to teach them proper etiquette in these public stores. I know that it is a little counterculture of me right now to say this when we're talking about the idea of Sephora kids, but I think we can show more empathy and use this as an opportunity to teach. So let's not make our little sisters feel bad. Let's teach them appropriate public behavior in the stores, including best practices of testers, product hygiene, as well as the best ingredients for their growing skin. The Sephora kids are going to be all right. Let's help them on their journey to teach them the ways and welcome them into this sisterhood of skincare. I've let you know my thoughts. Now I want to hear yours. Sound off in the socials, in the comments, tag me, DM, email me. I can't wait to hear what you think. See you next time. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Podcast. 
If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a bestie or on your socials. And if you love the episode, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Your positive feedback means so much to me. You can connect with me at the Real Best Statistician on Instagram or the Best Statistician anywhere else. And hey, babe, this week's forecast looks like clear with a chance of glow. See you next time.